Welcome to episode 55 of Tim Talk, the podcast about the DC anime universe co-created by Bruce Tim. I'm Chris Lord. I'm Cameron Dexter. And this week we're talking The Flash. And what would we be doing with ourselves if we did not bring on our friends from the podcast The Two Worlds to talk about it? So well, we have one friend. One friend, yes. We have Trevor Reese here. We don't care about Woo! the other one. Yes. The Chris ed- Rembrandt cannot be here. He's lost in the Speed Force right now. No! That's actually, I meant to tell you that um, he sacrificed himself to the Speed Force for me earlier today. Okay, that's very noble of uh, him. Did he, did he I, do it so he can get to the Flash premiere faster? It, yeah, he just like, you know what, I'm just going to check out. I don't yeah. want to have to exist. <laughs> he pulled a Cartman where he froze himself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is he going to come back with like a full-on beard and like seem like a little bit off, like he had a weird experience in the Speed Force? It's, yeah, that's what I'm betting. Maybe a new costume, too? He said something about going to find the weird part of the Speed Force. Oh, God. <laughs> like, I'm going to go to the dark places of it oh i cannot wait to hear what that's like (laughs) but so we are of course talking about speed demons which is awesome because it's the first time we're getting a another hero introduced into the dc anime universe and of course it's the flash yes and thank god it's finally a pretty good episode which we have been a while we've not had a couple episodes yeah well well, because that's what like because we've taught we me and chris talked about this episode of what like Oh, like a year ago on mm-hmm. our podcast, um, during the summer hiatus of The Flash, we're like, let's go look at all the other Flashes. Yeah. And so we went and watched that one. And so I'm curious, because we just plopped into that. I didn't even know, this is the first intro of a character um, within the DC, this is the first time it's been introduced on Superman? Yeah, it's one of the, it's the first time we've met another, kind of like Justice League or another major level hero Okay. Yeah. So this is before the Green Lantern stuff, and yeah, Green Lantern and Aquaman are going to be, I think, next season. Oh wow! Of the animated series, but it's not been good because that's the other thing. Is I have no context of what the series uh, was at at this point. I, I mean, Cameron, what what do you think about it? Because I, I I watched this as a kid, so maybe I'm a little softer. So so it. I'm watching it live. This is my first time going through Superman the animated series. Okay. Um. Had a had a decent starting point. Yeah. The first three episodes, uh, the origin were, were pretty good. Yeah. Uh, we had the Toy Man episode after that, which was great. He's a really great villain. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then kind of since then, it's been a, a few duds. Uh, they've introduced a, a good number of the villains. Like, we've met Metallo. We've met Parasite. Uh, last week, we had What's-Her-Face. Livewire. Livewire. Mm, created uh, for the show. Yeah. yeah. Not... Created very well. <laughs> yeah, we we start because of because these episodes haven't been great. <clears throat> we started a segment of how would we do it better, mm. where we just take the elements that they have and try and rearrange them to to tell a better story. Uh, which I don't want to do because like we're, we're we made this podcast to appreciate the the shows and you know the the growth of kind of the nerds on television, and it's it's kind of sad when we have to be like. Yes, this was 20 years ago, but still, like, we saw what they could do, and they're not living up to that potential. Yeah. Well, it's hard going back, knowing that it's going to eventually get to the point where we're doing, like, Just League and Just League Unlimited, where the writing was so good. That you go back to this, and you're just like, and especially because it started so strong with the animated series, mm-hmm. and you kind of forget there is this, this little lull there in the middle. I'm, I'm looking forward to getting to Static Shock, where Cameron's just going to love every, <gasps> every single episode, single thing. and I'm just going to be dragging my heels through going, this is garbage. <laughs> well, yeah, you guys, I mean, to be fair to Superman the Animated Series, you have not reached the low point of the Bruce Tim universe. That's Zeta Project. Oh, God, we have to do that, too. We do. You have to do Zeta. I say you, f- you, <laughs> you give it one episode. Just Zeta marathon the whole series and then just talk about it for one episode. Okay, <laughs> that actually might be a good way to do it. Just yeah, because it's like ourselves. I think that's like Diedrich Batter's like first 
appearance in like a DC animated show. I think it might be, which is like weird, like because this is like that's Diedrich Batter where the he's most known for his Drew Carey character, yeah. and so it's like he was not in the place to where he was like Batman in Brave and the Bold, like he was kind of all over the place with his character. And it's got that electric tinge to it, if I remember it correctly. It's weird. I just I, vaguely remember remember it. I don't know if I've ever actually seen an episode of the Zeta Project or not. I remember watching the Batman. I know I've seen the Batman Beyond episodes with him in it. Yeah. Um, and that's the other thing. is like you don't really care about the Bruce Tim universe in the future outside of like the characters that are there. Yeah. Like, I don't really care about the 50 years in the future. I care about like the continuation of the Batman story. But I'm not wondering, oh, what's the DCU all about? What's Zeta doing? Yeah, what's, what are the small towns <laughs> yeah. of what the is world Green Lantern and, and Hawk Girl's kid doing right now? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they Justice League did a really good job of utilizing the future stuff, but like they're just like this is the best stuff of it. Not much more. Mm-hmm. What what year is that all set in? Isn't it like I feel like it's twenty twenty four thirty nine or something like yeah, that? Yeah, tw- yeah, around there because you have to think Bruce Wayne. It's the same time that Blade Runner's going on. That's true. <laughs> Batman 2049. Yep. Well, yeah, I, I'd probably say that's right. So Ryan Gosling would be, um, dude, I'd watch that. Ryan <laughs> Gosling as Terry McGinnis, Harrison oh, Ford God. as old Bruce Wayne. Mm. I'm, I'm going to only now be able to see that movie in that context. <laughs> I've actually never seen the original Blade Runner, so I'm going this week to play it at the Dome. Nice. Ooh. Yeah. I know. I'm super excited. And then I'm going to see the new one. Yeah. Cannot wait. Um, do we have any news? Really? Uh, any DC related news? I have. I have one kind of entertainment news that kind of got my my circle riled up. What? Uh, I don't know if you guys heard about this, but Disney is going to. They're attempting to remake Hocus Pocus. Oh yeah, I did see uh, that. And with all of the backlash that it got, because they announced it on Thursday, and then on Friday. They were like they said they were going to post some stuff and they never posted anything. So, yeah, so I they think already just like nope. Maybe, <laughs> maybe we'll rethink this because a lot of people have been asking for a sequel. Which again, I don't real. I could be interesting to see it come back. It wouldn't be necessary. Well, it's like Kathy and Najimi is the only one who's like done much. Like I mean, obviously Sarah, uh, Sarah Jessica Parker went on to do Sex in the City, but I'm like I don't, I don't really care about seeing her character again or Bette Miller's character. No, not really. Yeah. No. Who would you? Okay, so reboot. Do you have a dream casting of what that would be? Well, the thing is, I think it's going to be a Disney Channel movie, which means uh, it's all going to be. It's going to be garbage. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's going to be like completely unknowns and probably what like maybe a like C level actress in the Bette Midler role and like two D level actresses in the other two. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely going to be one of their Disney Channel stars. I imagine it's probably going to be a girl as the lead, mm-hmm. probably. Yeah. Um, with like a younger brother. Um, yeah, the cats can't be there because his story's done, yeah. like, uh, or else they're rebooting it. So, um, I could see like if they brought back anyone, uh, oh, what was it? He was Eric on Boy Meets World, uh, Ron from Kim, St- from Kim Possible. Oh, Will Fredell? Yeah. He I could see, in? no, no, I, I could see him like being the voice. Of, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if it's Disney Channel, then yeah, he could do that. Mm-hmm. Oh, that'd be awesome. But he's like the only one that I could see maybe coming back for this. All right, but let's let's take out the Disney Channel equation because that tightens it up. What, who would you put in the three roles? If this was cast like big budget, Disney's going full blown, who would you want to see that would make you feel better about it? Hmm. 
Chris, who, who would... Oh, I have my answer already. Do you go no. for it. Let me, let me keep thinking. Yeah, it would be... Uh, it would have to all be dames. <laughs> so it would have to be Maggie Smith, Judy Dench, and... Um, oh, crap. Who was the last one I was thinking of? Helen Mirren. All right. <laughs> yeah. So this... Okay, so you have imagined a world... So you're, you're like... Like you do remember what, what they're trying to do with the as witches, what their what their goal is, right? I don't remember. All I know is that I I don't Eternal think of, youth. Right? I yeah, don't they're, think they're of, trying to stay young. I know, but I don't. Hey, they all look great, especially Helen Mirren. Yes, I don't think there's a movie yet that has existed with all three of them together. So I want this to be the movie that does that. Well, I mean, that could be interesting, kind of like uh, the Stardust storyline, where now yeah. they're old and they're like really like this is our last t- chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that could be interesting. Yeah. You mock. <laughs> I do. I'd, I'd I do watch mock. it. Uh, I'm going to go, you know what, just because just why not, I'm going to go with the three Emmas. Let's get Stone, Watson, Roberts in there. All right. Okay, that would actually be pretty fun. That would be pretty fun. Yeah, you, you, so you're going like everyone's younger. Yeah. I'll, I'll we're, we're, we're getting the big budgets. I, I want, for some reason, my first thought was th- throw in Allison Brie just because I want Allison Brie in everything. She could be oh. fun. Like, she's kind of got, like, a dry humor to her. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because Emma Stone, like, she's, like, broad. Like, that's what, watching her on SNL and so much and everything. Like, her humor is very much broad. Alison Brie, she's kind of got, like, a, a little bit more of, a, like, a dry humor. Yeah, and they also, uh, if we would stick to the original story, story, we need people that can sing. Or at least one person yeah. that can sing. Well, then, let's take Emma Watson off that. <laughs> Beauty and the Beast slam. <laughs> um, who, who would you pick? Ooh, um, hmm. I'm gonna go home and just like actually recast this whole thing. All right, so <laughs> I'm gonna. I, I, need, I need to. Be. I need to think about this because I think I want to split the difference between where you guys are at and trying to get like the 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 older ladies, mm-hmm. but not the dames. I'm about the dames. So I'm trying to think of. I feel like maybe like a Kerry Washington might be fun. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, but it's who can sing. I, I, I changed my answer to who I want the lead one to be. Who? Anne Hathaway. Ooh, all right. Okay, okay. so Anne Hathaway. I'll, t- I'll take that. Anne Hathaway, Carrie Washington, and who's who's the funny like? So yeah, so Anne Hathaway's the lead. Carrie Washington will be the Sarah Jessica Parker kind of kooky one, and we need the the bumbling one, the Kathy Najimy. Um, I mean, the obvious answer there is Melissa McCarthy, but I think we can do better. Yeah, we can. Do better. I don't even know how much she can sing, though. No, that's the thing. But also, it really is—you just need Bette Midler to sing. Mm-hmm. You just need that yeah. role to sing. Yeah. Um, ooh, yeah, Melissa McCarthy might be good. Um, maybe Kate even McKinnon. like Kate McKinnon. Oh, might, Kate ooh. McKinnon. Oh. Kate McKinnon might be good. Um, I was even going to go. Aidy Bryant might be good. Okay, she'd be fun. Um, yeah, I like that. Also, I have, a, I, have alter- Smith. I have an alternative proposal. <laughs> you take the three leads from Hidden Figures. Ooh. Oh, ooh. yeah. Okay. I think, you're on, I think you got it. Yeah. I think you got it right there. Yeah. Because you got Janelle Monae. Mm-hmm. She's the singer in that one. There you go. Yeah. And then was it Octavia Spencer? Octavia Spencer and mm-hmm. uh, Troy P. Henderson. Yeah. Yes. Ooh. I like that. All right. Let's go with that. Done it. Call Disney, go. Cameron. Disney. I'm on yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> Call can, Disney. Can you, can you uh, get on the phone with them real quick? Yeah, yeah. Get that set up for us? Yeah. Yeah. I don't have to do any work. I just want the percentages. Is Roy still alive? Uh, Roy G. Disney's or um, there is. I I assume a Disney is still alive. I don't remember if Roy is still mm. kicking or not. But now it's like the like Disney's who's like 
I am just a Disney. I was born at... Not anyone, like, in the... No, there's no... I don't think there's any Disneys in the company anymore. Mm. I think it's all um, Iger and mm. um, the others. Lassiter. <laughs> we, were, we were joking uh, last night. Uh, I don't know if you heard, but at Disneyland or De- uh, Disney California Adventure, they're changing the Paradise Pier to be Pixar Pier. And one of my oh, friends was right. kind of freaking out. Like, what are they going to do with the giant Mickey head? And I'm like, oh, they're just going to plaster John Lasseter's face on the wheel. <laughs> I think he's earned a ride Yeah, at this oh, point. Oh, for sure. Well, I mean, at this point, it seems like they're slowly but surely turning California Adventure into Pixar Land. Yeah, I think that's the goal. Yeah, because you got Radiator Springs is, like, really the big attraction there. Mm-hmm. Um, Bugs Life Land is still the kitty area. Oh, yeah. God, Bugs Life. I haven't thought about that. <laughs> well, it, like, they Turns did... 20 next year. Jesus. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, they need to do something, though, right? Because, like, you can kind of, like, if you only have one day, you can pretty much skip all of California Adventure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's three rides that we do. Three to four rides. There are four rides that people do. Three rides that I do. Yeah. You have the Toy Story ride, the Cars ride, and Soarin'. And then oh. normal people do Guardians as well. But that's Is not... that part of California Adventure? Mm-hmm. It is, okay. yeah. Also, I don't like the new Guardians ride. I love Tower of Terror. I don't like the new one. It's very aggressive. I heard the the Halloween one's even worse. Is it? Mm-hmm. Just gonna skip it entirely. So Flash, guys. Yeah, yeah. Here's a question. Here's Going the, for this, a race. Um, because obviously Weather Wizard leaves something to be desired. I feel like this Bruce Tim. Yeah, Weather I agree. Wizard, I absolutely he, agree. He's yeah. weak. But how do we feel in terms of Miguel Ferrer? Oh, fantastic! How does he stack up in terms of the voice actors of all the other baddies of the Bruce? Like, where does where is him on that list? Like, top ten? I think he's at least top ten in terms of the villains. I I'd say so. I feel like we haven't had great voice actor performances really in Superman. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's really Clancy Brown and then Michael Ironside as Darkseid are the two. Yeah, main yeah we haven't ones that... met Darkseid yet. He's he's made a cameo. He's done a Thanos cameo, but we haven't seen him in action yet. Yeah, I mean, mm. you could maybe make an argument. I forget the name of the actor who does Brainiac, but like, and not necessarily like a, as a standout, but that is a good version, a great version of that character. So there's still yeah. performance behind it, even if it's the performance is deliberately kind of monotone. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, really, it's Batman that has the better voice performances. Yeah, um, I, I think I'd say that it stacks up pretty well. I mean, they even designed the character in this to look like Miguel Ferrer. Yeah, D- did Andrea Romano help with Superman? Yeah, yeah. I think she still voice directed all of it. Okay, it's just like everyone. Like Bruce Tim was involved, and yeah, (laughs) yeah. Well, it's because I mean, I'm sure you guys have talked about this, but they had a very different vision for the show that ended up happening. Mm -hmm. Like they had like a complete like they. I think again to bring it back to the fidelity of Richard Donner, I think they wanted to try and strike a little bit more of that tone, but Warner Brothers had him sanitize it a little bit too much. It does feel really sanitized, especially compared to BTOS. Well, in, yeah. the, in the very first episode of us doing Superman, I brought up the question, why isn't this remembered as well as BTOS? And I think just basically what we've been saying in this episode, it, it shows why. Mm-hmm. That it's, like you said, it, it was a different vision that didn't go well. And well it, yeah, and it's weird because like at this point, we're working off the John Byrne Man of Steel origin. Yeah. Which wiped out so much of the fun, fantastical stuff of Superman. Uh, like, Superboy's gone, so all that is no longer an option for... Like, there's so much that they had to be beholden to because of what DC was at at the time that really shows. Because, like, Batman has never really had a reboot on par with what Superman's had. 
And so, yeah, yeah it, was, it's true. it was a weird time. Because, yeah, this is like super, this is like Lex Luthor is a businessman. He's a business tycoon. When, like, before, up until the 80s, he'd always been, like, a scientist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, he had money and he had wealth and he had his company. But, he the, like, the 80s turned him into Donald Trump as yeah. a supervillain, basically. Like, yeah, the proto-Trump. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like the business version of Lex Luthor. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, mega maniacal just unscrupulous businessman more so than the mad scientist. Yeah. Well, I like when he, like, they had, like, that No Man's Land storyline in Batman yes. comics. And, like, wow, he gets involved with that because he just starts buying up property super cheap because he's just, like, uh, uh, Gotham City's a war zone, so I'm going to swoop in. LexCorp's going to be in charge of, like, the rebuilding process. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I like when, he, when Lex can be utilized for that purpose. Well, it's more interesting when he has power Superman can't. Mm-hmm. And that they he Superman can't really ever take him down because he's so well protected. Yeah. That if you have someone who just will always try to do the right thing against someone who will never do the right thing, mm-hmm. like there's only so much actual real conflict you can have where either one can get like a foot over the other. Yeah, and it's when Le- Lex's failures always come when he fights Superman on his terms. Yeah. Like Lex's has a much better victory percentage when he's playing by his terms. Yeah. Cause he, he goes for like he gets kind of like the small wins sometimes yeah well i remember superman for all seasons i actually he, just read that yeah he, he basically poisons metropolis and then gets this woman who's obsessive superman and convinces her and she's like the antidote she, he gives her like this ray gun um and tells superman like hey the city's poison but i have the cure with this person fly her around um and cure everyone save the city but then at the end uh, it reveals that Lex, um, by giving the cure, the gun was tied that by time um, she used all the antidote, she had been infected. Yeah. And so he basically destroyed Superman's spirits, but just like, you can save everyone. I put you into a no-win situation. And Superman, like, caved and, like, left. It was like within his first year being, the story takes place like his first year being Superman. She's like, I'm done. Dang. He just went back to Smallville and let Lex take over the city for a little bit. Yeah. It's it's really, really good. It's, again, one of those comics that shows that if you know how to write well for the character, you can make some great stories. I think the yeah. problem is that it's he's a hard character to write for, mm-hmm. so you don't always get a lot of good ones. Now, I know this episode is supposed to be based off of, like, is it an individual comic with the Flash where they race? Or, like, I, I think it's happened a few it's times, It's happened a few right? times at this point. Um, but, it's yeah, it's always been, like, a little trope of the Superman-Flash race. Yeah. Um, and they've even had, like, Jay Garrick in Superman race. Mm-hmm. They've had... Um, Bart Allen and uh, Superboy, Connell race. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's really cool. Um, but, yeah, we're also in a weird time of, like, The Flash is kind of in a weird spot, too, in yeah. his history. Because this is Wally West. Yeah. And they make, like, w- like whatever it is, Bruce Tim really thinks that, a, like, he basically makes The Flash dash from The Incredibles. That, so that's he, what I wanted to ask you about. Because I only know Flash post Jeff Johns takeover. Mm-hmm. It was, was he this much of a dick in the comics in the 90s? As far as I know, yes. Okay. He he really was like, and Jeff Johns was the one who sort of, really Mark Wade was the one who, who put in all the legwork to turn him into an actual superhero. Mm-hmm. But when he was Kid Flash and initially as Flash, he was very showy. He was also like rich for a little bit. He won the lottery and moved into, like that was one of the things Jeff Johns immediately put the kibosh on when he started. Like within the first five issues, he blew up his nice house and moved Wally back into Keystone City, like in an apartment, back to, back go. amongst the people. But yeah, but there's this weird thing of just believing that a speedster should have ADD. 
and they really lean into that because yeah this isn't even even while it is most annoying and um competitive is not like this in the comic books yeah the way he is in the show um i mean even when he comes back around for justice league he's comical and he's lighthearted, but here he's just kind of a dick yeah he is very much a dick in this one yeah i think it's probably it's got to be michael rosenbaum um, oh, that's true. His voice work. Yeah. Surprisingly, Lex Luthor does yeah, a right. way better job of bringing heart to the character. Well, I, I think people mostly know Michael Rosenbaum from Smallville. So they don't know that he like has incredible comedic talent, mm-hmm. which he, he brings a lot to, obviously, The Flash. Yeah. And Sorority Boys, which is funnier than it should be. I think he's the only... One of the only actors who have voiced and, live, and done a live-action portrayal of his character. Technically. Wait, when did he, he voiced Lex Luthor in Justice League Unlimited when they switched brains? Oh, that's true. Oh shit, you're right. And so technically, he is one of the only people who has voiced and per- portrayed his character live action. Weirdly enough, uh, Miguel Ferrer also because it's it's not. Oh like, yeah, that's, not that's the... why he got cast because that yeah. bullshit Justice League movie. I think <laughs> wait, was that? I think that came after this though. Didn't no, it? it was before. Okay. Or it was, I, I want to say it was before, I want to say it was at least five years before, but it, it could have been closer. I think they're both 97, right? Was it that? I thought it was 80s. Oh my God, that happened in 1997? Yeah, I'm pretty sure the 97 was the TV Justice League movie. And this, I can look it up real quick because I have the list going on here. When this yeah, I, I want to say he was live action before this. Yeah, okay, yeah, this was September of 97, but they would have been in production probably a good few months beforehand. So, yeah. uh, now I'm curious about this. All right. Yeah, maybe it was like corporate up. synergy or something like that. Yeah, but you're right. Yeah, so I think they're the two of the few that have done that. Yeah. Do you know which actor has played both live action Superman and live action Batman? Ooh, ooh, oh, ooh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite fact. I've probably said it three times on the podcast. Is, is this is this again on a technicality like mine? Kind of. Slightly. Ben Affleck, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because exactly. he played George Reeves. Yep. Yeah, he, he dons the suit. You see yeah. him. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's in the suit. I've seen the pictures of him. He's in like that. He's in the black and white one. Yeah, he does a great pudgy George Reeves yeah. in, in an ill-fitting Superman suit. Um, this just says 97. Any more specific release date than that? God. Because uh, there's also, I remember when um, Batman vs. Superman first came out, and there were all these photos, and I didn't, I couldn't tell which movie they were from, from mm-hmm. of Ben Affleck in bed with uh, Superman's Martha. Oh. Uh, because she plays his, uh, his affair. A Ferris? What's uh mistress? mistress. Yeah, mistress. mistress. A, Ferris. a Ferris. Wait. Yeah. Yes, on a Ferris. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, Diane Lane mm-hmm. played George, like Lois in Hollywoodland? Or the um, actress who played or is that what you're saying? Uh no, the uh who who allegedly murdered him, George Reeves. Uh, Ooh, I don't know. It was uh whoever was running MGM at the time. Okay. Uh it was his wife. Okay. Because George Reeves was sleeping with his wife. Tony Mannix. All right. Well, Mannix, Mannix is the... Eddie Mannix. Yeah, Eddie Mannix yeah. is the uh, kind of like security guard. Yeah, okay. He was his right-hand man. Mm. He's the one that supposedly pulled the trigger, but no one knows. Okay, then the... Well, it was one of those weird... Well, but it's like officially a suicide, right? Like that's... Yeah, the police reports say suicide. Yeah. Well, I had, like what's weird is there my sister's friend, my sister, she's six years older than me, and I want to say like 12 years ago... Very similar thing happened to one of her friends in Sacramento. Oh, like shit. he was, he, it was ruled a suicide, but it's just like, really? Like he like shot himself, but it's like he shot himself in like in the chest and like I think in the head. And it's just like, yeah, no. 
Like that was like public opinion was just like he was murdered. Police report was committed suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, it's yeah, up. it's really strange. Yeah, I've never actually seen Hollywood Land. Is it any good? It's, mm, <laughs> nah. it's coming from Cameron, so it must be real bad. It's, yeah, it's it's not really it's not really the best. It, it sort of, it like helped Ben Affleck because I think it was one of his first good roles like post Benefer. Oh god, yeah, yeah like, Hollywood Land was. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, five or six. Yeah, so he, he was coming off something. I think, yeah, it was part of his rebound tour. I think that's when he got, like, with Jennifer Gardner. I oh, think so. yeah, because when did Daredevil come out? Three. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, this, yeah, so this was part of his, like, rehabilitation. Yeah. Of, like, oh, remember Ben Affleck's actually good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he's come back around? Yeah, I don't know. I think he's just older, so he's making shittier movies, but they're of higher quality. This is true. <laughs> this is <laughs> Makes really mediocre Oscar-bation films. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because... So, I was trying to figure out with... There's a couple of things that, like, didn't quite make sense for me in this episode. Like, how... Like, so I don't know anything about Weather Wizards. So, like... Because in this one, it's this weird thing where the Flash and Superman are wearing these bands, like, generating ionic energy that then power his machine which yeah. is him pointing the wand at like the globe and then that causes a storm there i feel like that's not how it's that's normally not, done yeah. no he that was one I had thing, a lot of questions about that that was yeah, one thing that I, I i chris and i talked about was the fact that this is like weirdly the most powerful weather wizard has ever been okay, is yeah. in this issue because yeah he, he has the ability to create weather storms create control the weather anywhere on earth with the way it's depicted here. Yeah. And but yeah, traditionally he doesn't need this ionic charge that they need. He just has literally a wand. Like it looks like a Harry Potter kind of wand that mm. glows and he controls the weather within his immediate vicinity. So almost a, like like a tech version of Storm. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought it was cuz I know um I haven't watched The Flash in a few seasons, but the pilot was Weather Wizard, right? Yes. Yeah. It's like that. It was the original Martin. And then he dies, and then they bring back Mark Martin. Mm-hmm. Mark Martin's the, traditionally the the weather wizard, but yeah, it was his brother was. Like did did they develop the same powers? Yeah, they got struck at the same time, and so one of them came back, and then the other one came back. They never came back together. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, because I, I think it's is it part of the normal canon that he has a brother? Yeah, the, like no, in this? the normal canon is that his brother invented the wand, and then he killed his brother for it. Okay. But it has changed. It has kind of waffled back and forth depending on how sympathetic the writer has been as to whether or not he found his brother murdered or he did it himself. It he, tried of, in the epi- he, he tried in this episode. Yeah. It seemed, I think it's like a 40 60 split. Okay. That, and I, I want to say it's never confirmed. Like, I don't uh, think they've, I don't, I, I mean, if they ever depicted it, it would have been Silver Age. Because okay. I think every other time, uh, if they've really gone back, John's might have when he did his rogues profile uh, on him. But I want to. S- but John's was even sympathetic towards him, mm-hmm. and so I think, yeah, it's sort of a weird split between whether or not Martin killed his own brother or not. Okay, yeah, because here he makes a rather half-assed attempt. He's just like, yeah, mm-hmm. there's gonna be some snow. And <laughs> I, I am gonna, gonna say traction. the um, the Flash TV shows had such an influence on my depiction of Flash, mm-hmm. that when the the machine starts to blow up, you see the spiral kind of come out of it. I'm like, oh, they're going to have to do their run in the opposite direction thing. Sorry, <laughs> let's, let's get this over with. And I was so ready for it, and it never came, and I was no. kind of upset. Yeah, it's funny that, like, yeah, the animation Flash and live-action Flash kind of develop their own power sets and have their own go-tos just because of the nature of the production. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, because Barry runs in circles a lot yeah. in the show. Yeah. Whereas uh, here we get the Flash, like, spinning around in a kind of stationary circle mm-hmm. to, like, draw the oil out of the water. Yeah. Where did that go, by the way? I don't know. I was waiting for Superman to, like, bring something to, like, hold it in or something. Yeah, it's like the, the, the weather wizard, like, uh, crashes a ship full yeah. of a whole bunch of Australians. Did you hear what they said? Did you hear what they said, Chris? What? I brought it up last week. What? They all scream squall. White squall. Did they actually say they that? They did. No shit. I was so excited. Uh, there was a, a <laughs> 90s movie called White Squall. Yeah. Um, that I was trying to explain to Chris last week, and a squall is a giant kind of gust of wind that creates a giant wave in the mm. middle of the ocean. Uh, and it's like a term that no one knows, and no one should know it, because we all live on land. Um, <laughs> and they said it in this episode, and I got unnecessarily excited. <laughs> Oh my god! They said it with Australian accents too. Yeah, but I'm really, not gonna... really bad Australian accents. I don't think there's a single voice actor in this episode that's actually Australian. <laughs> that's fine. Yeah, because then the, the thing crashes, and then they they kind of figure out, oh, there's something going on here. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of threw me off too, and Trevor, I don't remember how well you remember this episode, but like, so that incident happens, and then from there they go off to go like meet with like the military or whatever who has been contacted by Weather Wizard. I was confused. Were they still doing the race at that point, or have they now like committed to going off on the side mission? I think it was half and half. Okay, I, th- yeah. I think what they tend to do is like, hey, we still have this thing, but we're also superheroes. We have to save the day. But it's like, yeah, that's like, I think another thing is they sort of up the cheese factor with Superman in this. Of like, this is the Superman who just like, make sure to eat your vegetables. Oh, yeah. And I think s- that's why they also made Flash such a dick was be like, because you couldn't have another nice guy next to Superman. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that's definitely right. Because Barry's probably even more of a square than Superman is. Mm-hmm. Or they, they, you can, they are neck and neck in the comic books. Yeah. Barry wears, Barry wears like flat top hair and a bow tie all the time. He was chosen to be the Blue Lantern over Superman. Yeah. Which, he is the, which one's blue again? Hope. Oh, my favorite okay, one. Okay. Even though, you know, Superman's symbol <laughs> is an On my S. planet, it means hope. <laughs> it's actually an S, Superman. Stop trying to sell it. Yeah, I know. Just, just, com- just commit to it. That, that was one of my favorite things from uh, Earth One, was that they just like acknowledge that the S stands for Superman. Yeah. Because like, Jonathan has that great speech about how he knew someone in marketing. The whole idea was like you have to like rally behind a symbol. So he's just like, yeah, we're just going to go ahead and call you. I'm going to call you Superman. It's going to be Superman. I'm going to call you S-Man. Yeah. Because they even do that in this. S-Man. Yeah, S-Man. <laughs> what is that up in the sky? It's a bird. It's a plane. It's S-Man. <laughs> Able to leave a tall building at a single bound faster than a locomotive. It's Sman. That that character would have died so fast. Like no, <laughs> no one would have bought a comic for Sman. Well, in the thirties they might have. They didn't have a lot of yeah. options really. It's like a cross promotion with s'mores. Yeah, they. I mean, I He's just finished small a Sman. I just finished a book about the whole history of comic books, and like during like the reason why comic books had a boom is just it was a general magazine boom. Mm-hmm. So there probably is a Sman somewhere oh, sure. out yeah. there. Just gotta sell books. God, everyone's having success. Gotta sell books. So there's probably a Sman out there. What was the book you read about comic books? It's called Men of Tomorrow okay. by uh, Gerard Jones. Okay. It's really good. I've had it for 12 years and finally read it. Okay. It was I, one of those that just kept traveling with me. And I'm like, I'm going to read it. And read I read the, in, like, the forward a bunch mm-hmm. and then finally read it. Yeah, because I was just listening to an episode of... Uh, do go on with Nick Mason from the podcast of two worlds. Well, no, you guys the podcast of two worlds. I don't remember Dugan Mason. Uh, from the, the Weekly, Weekly Planet. Planet. And yeah, he did a, his whole thing was about pretty Marvel, but just overall history of comics. And there's tons of stuff I didn't know about. Oh, yeah. It's insane. D- DC was built 
by um, a former socialist accountant and a former uh, racketeer. Like those, those are the two heads of DC, Harry uh, Harry Donenfeld and Jack Leibowitz. Okay. Jack Leibowitz worked for um, uh, his dad was a, a big into socialism, mm-hmm. uh, and so he like ran the books for like the the socialist um, or like the the unions. Yeah, and then uh, Harry Donenfeld grew up with like all the New York gangsters, uh, like Lucky, Lucky Luciano, uh, Frank Costello, mm-hmm. like all those big guys, and so he like. When he got into the, like he he, st- he printed like nudie mags and stuff like that, like girly <laughs> magazines. That's what he originally printed, and what he wanted to print, and stumbled ass backwards into comic books, and stumbled ass backwards into Superman. Yeah, and I just feel like it's a lot of people just like accidentally fell into the comic world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A lot of them. It, yeah, it was either fell back as plans sort of were curtailed or shifted because of the depression. Because mm-hmm. like all these guys came of age, like they were all entering the workforce just as it all fucking hit. Yeah. Um, and so they like that's why Leibowitz he was just gonna be happy working socialist running the books for them but then everything hit and he realized the power of capitalism um, trying to scrape together money during the depression mm-hmm. um, yeah it's, it's a really fascinating book it's mostly about uh, Jerry Siegel Joe Shuster the creators of Superman and Harry Donovan and Jack Leibowitz okay. it's mostly those four it goes a little into like Stan Lee and a lot of the editors at D- it's mostly focused on like DC okay. as opposed to Marvel because Marvel really the way we understand Marvel doesn't come around until the 60s yeah. it's like Timely and Atlas and like uh, Stan Lee's there you got uh, Joe Simon Jack Kirby like those guys are around but really Marvel doesn't become Marvel until the 60s which is like 20 years after comic books have like started and Superman's been around. Mm-hmm. Well, and at least based on what like this other podcast I listened to was saying that it was actually the the silver age of DC that kind of led to Marvel doubling down on their characters and like pushing out the Fantastic Four. Was that right? Is that, that yeah, yeah, that's that's good. I mean, because all of Marvel is an answer to DC. Yeah. Um, the Fantastic Four was an answer to team books. Yeah. Um, I want to say maybe Challengers. Um, it's a combination of responding to Challengers of the Unknown and uh, the Justice League. Yeah. The Justice League of America. Justice mm-hmm. League, that was 60... No, that's 50-something. Oh, that's, no, that's right. All my... my <laughs> the history of when this happened, again, is based purely off of New Frontier. Yeah. But I know that it happens like according to yeah, the real so timeline. 61 is when Marvel starts. That's when Fantastic Four starts, It's 61. Okay. And so, yeah, DC is really the only guy in the game... At that point, in terms of superheroes, yeah, um, there's a little smattering of stuff here and there, but at that point, they become this monolith that they took out. Like Charleston's already gone, um, they, EC's they already shipped. They later yeah. bought up Charleston, right? Yeah, because that's what the Watchmen characters is. Yeah, yeah, they're based on. I don't know if the, it, if they had bought them by that time. Um, I think it wasn't until the 80s. Okay, because but they also like shut down like um, um, whoever I forget who did. Um, Shazam, Captain Marvel. Like, they shut him down, like, cited him as oh. as a Superman imitator. Oh, that's right. And then they just shut him down and then bought him up. Yeah. And now he's actually called Shazam. Mm-hmm. Because right? Marvel came around and created Captain Marvel. Yeah. And I mean, it's like, yeah, it's confusing now. It just makes more sense, honestly. That mm-hmm. was kind well, of that weird. lasted until, like, the late 80s or 90s is when it I don't like, think... started that argument. Yeah. Well, I don't think he became officially Shazam until New 52. Mm-hmm. So he hasn't even been officially considered shazam by dc for a decade yeah but yeah he started off as the first challenger to superman's dominance and succeeded until dc's legal team came in 
the most powerful hero of them all. <laughs> Felled by lawyers. It's like Lex Luthor. He's the one who wins. Yeah. yeah. It's always Lex Luthor. So I, I don't know much about the Flash's background. And I've always wondered why they chose Wally West for the... At this point, Wally West DCU. has been the Flash for 10 years. Okay. At this point... In comic book history, Barry Allen has now moved into Bucky Barnes' Uncle Ben territory. That's right, because he Gwen died Stacy, during, like, during Crisis. During Crisis, okay. Infinite, yeah. uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths. Yeah. Um, which was 85, 86. Mm-hmm. And so this is, what, 97? So mm-hmm. it's around the same time. So 10, 11 years he's, he's been gone. Barry sacrificed himself. Wasn't, wasn't that like the, like the first time he like sacrificed himself into the Speed Force? Yes. It was the first time two major superheroes died in a comic series. Well, because it was Barry Allen and then Supergirl, right? Uh, Power Girl. Right? No, Supergirl dies. Oh, Supergirl? Okay. Yeah, yeah no, Power Girl lives and starts her journey into continuity nightmare. Um, okay. Yeah, because Power Girl is Earth to Supergirl. Yeah. Um, but then, hey, there's one Earth, and it became a whole huge mess from there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, yeah, this was like cleaning really? house. Because it was like back-to-back issues, too, because mm-hmm. I used to have them all hanging above my bed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because you got the iconic cover of it's Superman. Hol- yeah, Supergirl goes first. Mm-hmm. Superman holding her body and like crying out, and then the other one is um, Flash. I think it's is uh, yeah Flash holding uh, um, Psycho Pirate. Yes, it's like the final it run of the Flash. Mm-hmm. But it's also oh, like the yeah. the the Speed Force isn't even idea an idea Mm-mm. at the time of Crisis and Infinite Earths. That's something Mark Waid came up in the mid-90s. So yeah, Barry Allen's like dead. Like the idea of him sacrificing himself to the Speed Force is not there. He's just gone. Okay. And then like as Je- uh, Mark Waid built the idea of the Speed Force, he started bringing it in. He actually did a really good story kind of addressing, because everyone's like, when's Barry Allen going to come back? When's Barry Allen going to come back? And then he had this story, like one of his first signature stories, The Return of Barry Allen, mm-hmm. in which Wally's sort of like, has to question his identity. Like, was I doing this just because? Um, and he's also confronted with like his lack of um, being able to suppress Barry's speed and everything. And Barry Allen just shows up out of the blue on his doorstep. And he's like, hey, I'm back. And then, spoiler alert, <gasps> it turns out that it's Eobard Thawne in disguise. Uh... And so, yeah. and so, But it, it, it gave the opportunity for Wally to confront his lingering issues of replacing Barry and taking on the mantle. And seeing Eobard Thawne threaten to take the mantle pushes mm-hmm. him beyond any hesitation he has. Of like, well, if I replace Barry, then Barry's gone. He's gone. Yeah. It's like, but if you don't replace him, someone else will. And this person is much, much worse. And so it's really, it a really good story. Um, but yeah, Barry Allen is, that's why they went with Wally West. So okay. As far as anyone is concerned, it's like him and Kyle Rayner are locked into their positions. How Jordan and Barry Allen gone finito. Yeah, because we meet the version of Green Lantern we meet in this series is also going to be Kyle Rayner. Mm-hmm. But Yay. he he has... He's my favorite. In the show, he has Hal Jordan's origin. Yes. Now, I guess... But I think, Kyle Rayner's occupation. He's I was going to say, like, he's, he's not a comic? He's still an artist, but he has full-on Hal Jordan's origin. Okay. Yeah, like even, I think, Avin Sur is even in that episode. Yeah, and I think... Um, Wally West has has Barry's origin too. So they, it, they don't go into it. It's, it's like I think a, it's implied in a JLU episode. I want to say. Yeah, we it's 
Um, yeah, there's something where he's like put into, I think it's like a Grodd episode or something like that, where he's gone, he goes into his own head. He's like sent into his own head. Yeah. On like a trippy scene. And it shows like him becoming the lightning bolt and the lightning bolt chasing him. And he gets struck in a lab against all these chemicals like Barry Allen. Yeah. Cause he, we actually never even got confirmation he was Wally West in the story until Starcrossed when they all have to reveal their secret mm. identities and that's yeah. a great moment where Batman just goes Clark Kent Wally West and he pulls us over like Bruce Wayne yeah oh, god damn it's great so good but so in the comics though does Wally West have Barry Allen's origin or how did he get no okay so well he does but he doesn't okay because like every sidekick they basically just copy the origin and turn it to a kid yeah mm-hmm. um, kill the parents and so this is actually something funny that we check, um, we continually check for as we return back to it in the comic books, me and Chris, um, whether or not Wally or whether or not Barry is dressed as the Flash when when it's happening. Okay, and it it changes. Like you sometimes have you see Barry Allen dressed as the Flash, witnessing it. Then you see Barry Allen in his lab coat with the bow tie, witnessing it. But basically, the original version of it was Wally West, um, nephew of Iris. Mm-hmm. Uh, is obsessed with the Flash. And so Iris talks to Barry, and he sets up a meeting. He's like, oh, come to my crime lab. It's a really funny moment where he walks in as Barry Allen, opens the door, and is, runs so fast that he turns into the Flash on the other side of the door. Mm-hmm. So Wally's like, oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. And then while they're hanging out in his crime lab, Wally is struck by a bolt of lightning, just okay. like Barry. Um, and then he becomes Kid Flash. Like, he actually, his original suit was just a mini version of the Flash costume. That's what I thought. Yeah. yeah, so if you see, like, old comics, you see, like, two Flashes running around, and that's Wally as a kid. It's not... It's not the the great Superman story where he just made a replicant of himself just tinier. <laughs> Is that an actual Superman story? Yeah. What? From, like, the late 50s or 60s. Of course it was. Well, yeah, well, because, yeah, they, they, Superboys had an even weirder journey because of the legal challenges... That was again for that book. I learned because um, I always knew that there was a weird Superboy case constantly, always pending, and it was because um, Jerry Siegel pitched the idea of Superboy, but it was going to be more like um, like a prankster book. Like it's just like Superman was, was. I mean, Superman's kind of a dick, and so this one was going to be him using like powers, to, like play tricks on people, and like kind of mess around. Like not necessarily be a dick, but definitely having fun with his powers in a way that Superman never does in the books. Okay. So it kind of sounds like Archie, but yeah, ki- yeah, kind of, yeah. It's like more like one of those like slapstick like humor books yeah. with superpowers. But then uh, DC is like, nah, we're good until after their ten year contract. So from like thirty nine to forty nine, they're under contract with DC, mm-hmm. getting like freelance work, whatever. Like it's basically just entitled that they're contracted out. Like towards the end, they're everyone's at each other's throats that they are not getting work, but they're still under contract. And so once that contract expires. DC launches Superboy um, as like, oh, it's a product of DC Comics. Jerry Siegel and Joe Sister had nothing to do with this. And that's when it became a little bit more wholesome, more like giving the origin of like Superboy's um, or like where Superman got stuff. Okay. Because I know. But yeah, so that, but then because of that, they had to like change the origin up a bunch and like create like different like little Superboy stuff. And like that's why we have like Connell for so long, the mm-hmm. clone of Superman and Superboy. Um, just because of the constant legal challenges against the character. Oh, I didn't know all of that. I know that there, there's an, a long going battle between the creators and DC. And I think that's because I know it's like whenever you see them credited, it's always like in special permission by I think the Jerry Siegel estate or something like that. Some, yeah, well, it's not in, it's not until the uh, the uh, 
the Donner films that they got. Um, that was the first time that they got the credit. Superman created oh, shit, by Jerry Siegel, Joe Schuster. Because that also shows 39 to 1977, no credit. Yeah. These guys are living in poverty. Joe Schuster goes blind. Oh, my God. Like, he was already kind of going blind. Yeah. But without any health care or any insurance or any protection from D.C., he fully loses his eyesight. Like, I think he's legally blind for, like, the last couple of decades of his life. Um, and so, like, that, go- there goes his livelihood. Yeah. Jerry Siegel's working, like, as a patent clerk for a while after... Because Jerry Siegel was also, like, a very proud man. Um, and so when he kind of got fucked over by DC, he didn't evolve beyond it. He got stuck in it. Um, his de- Like, the other interesting thing about Jerry Siegel and why he might feel like he's... Like, why he kind of got screwed over because he's in, like, a perpetual childhood. His dad was killed when he was, like, 12. Oh, shit. And, like, his dad ran... Um, a little market and he got killed in a botched robbery. And so like, yeah, Jerry Siegel grew up without a dad. And that's a lot of people kind of think like that's his strong belief in justice and like catching the bad guy stems from this early childhood trauma of losing his father. Dang. Oh yeah. It's a very educational podcast. (laughs) Superman is built on a foundation of terrible, terrible things. Yeah. And this is when all of our listeners realize they should just listen to your podcast. You actually know things about <laughs> comics, and we don't know shit. I'm a history nerd, and so combined with comic book is a, just a match made in heaven. Yeah, but anyway, the Flash. The Flash. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, because like the I don't know. Like that's what I'm asking these questions. Like the plot of the episode is pretty straightforward. It's like they team up. Yeah. They go. They take out Weather Wizard. Uh, I do have a question for you guys. What do you think about the like the Rocky Three ending there at the end? Oh, how they run off and yeah, so we don't know who's actually gonna win the race. Mm-hmm. I feel like I needed like a like a good '80s song. Yeah, right. Like I feel like "Living on a Prayer" should have played <laughs> I think, I mean, as just... it like slowly faded into the credits. Fuck, I mean, just if you're gonna take the reference, just steal it completely. Just throw "Eye of the Tiger" onto the end as they run off into the distance. Yeah, and then like be... have it go like to the pastel <laughs> like thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or just do the switch and it turns into a live action scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god! That's one thing I remember from Jeff Johns. Like one of the things he like, I always remember him from interviews when he first took over the Flash was just like, Flash wins those races every time. Yeah, because if you take that away from him, that he's not the fastest, then what the fuck is the Flash for? What's the point? Yeah, yeah. What's the point if he is the if he is a speedster and he's not faster than Superman? It's like yeah. So there's um he has that response in Flash Rebirth where the two of them are racing. Um, and Superman runs alongside Barry trying to like get him to stop because he's um, going through some stuff at the time. And so he's like, you know what? Well, like, I've raced you before. In fact, I even won some of those races. And Barry's just like, those are for charity. Boom. Like leaves Superman in the dust. Oh he's God. like, not even. Yes. Like, yeah. So yeah, Flash won it. Hands down. I do not doubt it for a second. Flash will win every race every time. Yeah. Except maybe Jake Garrick. Jake Garrick and Bart Allen maybe could be beat by Superman. But True Boo, Flash, Wally West, mm-hmm. or Barry Allen? No. Can't stop. Do you think at some point we're going to have uh, Henry Cavill racing off against Ezra Miller in mm. the DCEU? That'd be interesting. That's something that you don't really get like a sense of in the movies is Superman's speed. No. Because that's like Smallville, like when, when they had the... Um, we see him break uh, uh, the sound. You see him go into Mach 1 at least. Or break the sound barrier. Yeah, in Man of Steel, right? I think when he first takes off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They have the but all, but you don't get a ground sense because I just think about yeah, Smallville because they did something similar in Smallville in the in the Impulse Flash episode. Oh, that's right. With yeah. Bart Allen, and then they're just running off 
um, they're like having like a little race, and then mm-hmm. Bart just it like without breaking stride just turns around. Like he either gives like a little like one of these or like a wink. And I think just, he winks boom, and, and he's, yeah. he's gone. He's yeah, there. yeah. I, I did love that. I mean, I, I we talk about Smallville a lot because it's like one of the few Superman properties we've both seen. Mm-hmm. Um, but like it does do a lot of stuff well, and I actually kind of like that. Their solution, like, well, he can't fly, is that that's his whole thing. Is he can still run insanely fast? fast. Yeah, yeah, he was yeah. the blur. Like that was yeah. his code name for. Probably three seasons. Three seasons like that, yeah. But they gave him a lot of those kind of flash-esque moments where he just mm-hmm. like, like zip over and zip back and stuff. Well, yeah, so, I mean, like, Smallville's just sort of had the same problem as every long-running genre. Yeah. Around season seven, it really fucking lost its way. Yeah. Season eight got some uh, re... It got reinvigorated because season eight, nine, and ten, they had way more leeway to bring in DC property. Yeah. That was always... Um, Miller and Go, their problem was both by choice and by Warner Brothers DC edict. It's just Superman. It's yeah. just small. It's just these characters, and then they got a chance to like actually like develop the characters and also like do them in a ways that like were actually true to them. Yeah, as opposed to like, yeah, it's it's Bart Allen, but he's gonna be wearing a vest and like goggles and like and Cyborg is just Lee Thompson Young. With nothing. With nothing, yeah. Yeah, you get the shout-out of the x-ray vision of seeing what's under his skin. Of like, oh, that's the cyborg yeah. stuff. But yeah, it's like... But then Smallville, uh, 8, 9, and 10, they got to be a little bit more of a traditional superhero show. Yeah, they sort of mm-hmm. leaning much heavier into all that stuff. Yeah. And, like, some of their designs are actually, like, pretty cool. Well, it's the, it's the... it's the Those last couple of seasons are the bridge between Smallville and the Arrowverse. Yeah. Um, and the dead Aquaman show. Yeah. Justin Hartley. May I rest in peace. This is us. Yeah. Yeah. I know. He finally found it. I always, like, felt bad that he did Smallville and then, like, went off to go do, like, I think, like, soap opera or something. Yeah. Like, okay, good. He found he found his way again. Yeah, yeah. He's he's back. Yeah. I always liked him Green, Green Arrow. I liked him, too. Yeah, I liked it was a great Green Arrow. Yeah. Yeah. It felt... It, yeah, because, I mean... And also, that's the, that was the start of the tradition of, well, we can't use Batman, so Arrow... Yeah, yeah. Cause so Oliver Queen, step up. I, I, in a weird way, I with Oracle. Feel like... We're gonna steal Oracle. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and really make her terrible. Yeah, freaking Chloe, Watchtower, and then Overwatch. Yeah. with fucking uh, Felicity. Just give me a redhead. It'll <laughs> be on a computer. I don't yeah. need these blondes stealing Barbara Gordon's thunder. Do you think? Because we're gonna, uh, I guess the I we know the answer to this. We're gonna get Barbara at some point in the new films, but they're doing Batgirl, so she probably won't be Oracle. They're yeah. probably more like the Batgirl Burnside sort of thing. Yeah, and I mean, and Bar- and like, that's a weird thing too. Like her and her and Gwen Stacy, there's been like a, it seems like a general fandom, f- like, um, not flashback, um, uh, just like pushback. Oh, okay, yeah. of the um, uh, of the uh, abuse done to them. Yeah, because like Gwen Stacy, like Emma Stone, and then everything that they were kind of doing. With like Ultimate Spider-Man, with that Gwen Stacy, and then Spider Gwen, and all that stuff is really just like, why the fuck did you guys kill her? Like you get like they at the time, like you can see it was just like male writers don't know how to write a female outside of being in a relationship with the superhero. Yeah, but yeah, the two of those characters have been like, has been a real um, pushback of them being victims and in those roles. Like no, they these are characters. If Bruce Wayne or any one of these characters got shot in the back, they'd be back. Batman has back. Broken by Bane. I know. And, and he's super back. And, and Barbara Gordon didn't even get shot in the spine. She got shot through the stomach. I mean, maybe it curved and hit the spine, blah, 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 yeah. blah. But she didn't have a giant 600-pound man snap her like a twig. I know. And so, yeah. 
And if, if Felicity can fucking walk again in the show. <laughs> oh, that's right. They did that. Oh, yeah. Some weird, crazy. Why the fuck did they paralyze her in the first place? Ray Palmer technology thing. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I stopped watching the whole Arrowverse as soon as it went off Hulu. Because I'm like, I, like, I liked all those shows, but not enough to watch every one of them with 20 Air- minutes of commercials for other CW shows. Yeah. I mean, if you have Netflix, it's nice to go back. Yeah. Arrow, had a, Arrow had a really good season. Um, That's good to hear. Flash, admittedly, it was touch and go. Yeah. Like, they, they really, like, took some swings that, that really missed. I've heard Supergirl's been pretty good, though. Yeah. Oh, Supergirl was really good. Yeah. Um, it benefited from being from going to the CW. Like, it, lo- like it lost Callista Flockhart. But I think she, and- she comes back in... In, in a few episodes, yeah. yeah, but it's like you realize how much her presence matters, but you also realize how much it was not the show that CBS wanted it to be. Yeah. And so, yeah, it splits the difference of like, you really wish you could have Calista Flockhart within it because she's such a strong presence. Also, spoiler alert, they have established that Supergirl is the most powerful Kryptonian on Earth. Interesting. Because in season finale, she fights Superman. And whoops his ass. He gets taken over. He like it was I was surprised because like that's the one thing is I never really enjoy the still photos that come out of the CW stuff. Like I hated the Flash's costume when he first showed up. I didn't like the casting of the Superman. But then when you see them like lived in, it's like, oh no, they fucking know what they're doing. The Flash yeah. costume looks great. Superman was really good. I really like what they did, especially in the wake of uh, Henry Cavill and all that stuff. It's just like, fuck, and finally, just a Superman who gets that he's a good person. Yeah. But yeah, he's mind-controlled, fights Supergirl because he sees her as Zod, which is one of the bad castings of the Arrowverse, is whoever they got. I don't know if they'll ever address Zod in the storyline, but the guy that they got for the random scene that they needed Zod to be in mm-hmm. looked awful. They're, they're kind of bad about that. Like, even their version of, like, Ra's al Ghul. Yeah, it's not particularly great. Yeah, they're 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 not the best casting of the villains. No, outside. I mean, if it's a recurring villain, if it's like Captain C- Cold, Captain Cold's great. Yeah, yeah. Malcolm Merlin. Merlin. Yeah, uh, I was gonna get Merlin. Yeah, uh, Deathstroke is Heatwave. Pretty good. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Man who bedded for Deathstroke. Yeah, it seems like they're where they really fuck up is the single castings. Yeah, of just like the one-off characters, like really. I still think the up. weirdest one was Captain Boomerang, where they just made him way too cool. Yeah, Captain Boomerang sucked. Yeah. But that was also weird because they had like the weird Suicide Squad that got shot in the foot after the Suicide Squad movie. Was oh yeah, they, they mm-hmm. started to gear up to that, and they're like, "Yeah, no, we got to pull back on this." But yeah, but the Superman in, in Supergirl was really cool. But then they have this really awesome beatdown fight, and Supergirl wins. And That's then later awesome. on in the episode, he establishes like, "I thought you were Zod, so I was fighting at full strength. So if you beat me, you beat me legitimately." And it's just like, "Fuck yeah!" She's like, "Then I'm the," and because they have a call for a champion of Earth to fight mm-hmm. on behalf of Earth against the uh, the Daxamites or who they're fighting. Oh, okay, Monel. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it's all it's Monel's storyline coming to a head. Um, and so Superman's like, "Hey, I'm not the champion. You're the one who just beat me in single combat. So it's you." And so it's like, "All right, I love it. Like that's what's cool. It's like they like." As much as they are willing to go like dark and gritty with like Arrow, Mm -hmm. they they understand that their bright, shiny characters are served way better when they're able to act in in that way. Yeah, I'd say in general they they seem to understand their characters pretty well. I feel like I mean, do you feel like they understand Barry well on the show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, they just don't understand him enough to realize that he should be blonde. But other than that, (laughs) maybe maybe one day he'll go fast enough for his hair will just start to change. Yeah, it'll just go it'll just go blonde, just go white. Just even like find find one way, like just a little throwaway thing, 
Like what Smallville used like to do. He has to go undercover. Yeah, and, and like put him in a little blonde. It. Yeah, put him in a little blonde wig or something. That like was that. one thing. So it was a, such a small little detail of this episode. Uh, when you first see Weather Wizard kind of like taking off his lab coat and stuff, he takes off his wig to reveal the exact same hairstyle, <laughs> just like half a shade lighter. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? But he took the mustache off. That was the big one. <laughs> yeah, he took the mustache off. I don't know. The guy I saw had dark brown hair, and that's light brown. Hmm. Hmm. Can't be him. It can't be him. The no. voice sounds exactly the same, though. Very distinct. But it's the hair no, no, no. He had, this guy had a mustache. Yeah. <laughs> you sure it wasn't fake? No, no, no. no, no I no know a fake possible. mustache yeah. when I see it. No, this he, guy has his weird glasses on. He sounds and looks a lot like the co-cat executive from RoboCop, but it's not him. Uh, whatever. Wait, Just no, let no. him go. Wait, real quick. Who? Uh, so when he's in the disguise, he reminds me of the, the sleazy guy from Die Hard. What's that character's name again? Like Hans the, Gruber? No, but like the guy who's like buttering up to Hans who gets shot in the head. Oh, Hans yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what's that guy's? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Douchebag. The douchebag. I want to say yeah. Walter Peck, but that's just like that's the go-to douchebag guy. <laughs> yeah. That is same actor, wrong movie, all that stuff. So okay, as we as we wrap this up, question for you, Trevor. Amongst many questions we've asked you, <laughs> do you think? Because the most mainstream version of the Flash now we have at this point would be probably the DCEU Wally West and the Flash Barry Allen. Like, which one of those two do you think has done a better job of, like, like, portraying the character effectively? All right, wait, give me, give me the, op- so, the Arrowverse Barry? Yeah. And, it's and just, the Bruce Tim yeah, Wally? The, yeah, which one has done a better job, like, with the Flash? Ooh. Not necessarily, like, more accurate versions of those specific characters, yeah. just, like, the Flash in general. Because especially in the DCEU, like, the fact that it's Wild West is pretty minimal. Like, it, you could almost yeah, say it's Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, so. they, and, they, and they took so much of Barry Allen. Yeah. And like, yeah, he's he's a, he's an amalgam of the two. Um, I, I like, I mean, yeah, I, I want to say the, the Grant Gustin live action one. Okay, just like I don't like. It's just because I don't think that's necessarily the Flash. Yeah, I think it was maybe the Flash of the time of the nineties, mm-hmm. like that sort of like more spastic, chaotic, um, character, like the more ADD character. But no, I think the Flash is always. Is, I mean, the Flash is a scientifically minded character, which has always been the problem of Wally West. Yeah. Is the fact that he isn't that. He's a blue collar guy, and that's mm-hmm. the angle you always take with Wally. And I don't think they really necessarily even leaned into that of him being like a blue collar worker because he's still like a scientist. He's like a lab rat yeah. in the uh, the DCEU. And so yeah, I think. I mean, it's also just has the benefit of the Grant Gustin live action one is focused on him, mm-hmm. and so and, and the DCEU stuff. You kind of have to. He's always in the background. He's the second banana of, but he's like, he stands out. But he's like subservient to Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. But then also subservient to the other three characters because mm-hmm. they're all um, like he's the younger brother. He's the he's the little bratty yeah, younger brother. And I don't think that's Barry Allen. I mean I Barry Allen. Fair, yeah. Like I said, Barry Allen's the heart of the Justice League. Mm-hmm. Him or Jeff J- or uh, uh, John Jones. Yeah, the only uh, I feel like in the Tim verse, the only time we really see that is his fight verse Brainiac Lex. Yeah, that, yeah that's yeah, kind yeah. of his only time to stand mm-hmm. out. And yeah, and the the fact that Justice Lords form because of his death, but mm-hmm. that's all within like the same story. Yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah. I think. Well, okay. In terms of individual moments, there's an episode you guys are gonna. There's a Flash Justice League Unlimited uh, episode where it's like the Flash Museum. Oh, I vaguely mm-hmm. recall. And that's, yeah, because that's I've, the one with... Um, Mark Hamill. Yes. Oh, again. 
another so another person who has portrayed both in live action and in cartoons that's their true. character yeah, that's true, yeah. trickster um yeah but in that like they had trickster be like a um he had like mental health problems like yeah. that's why he ends and, and Barry didn't or Wally it's didn't one fight of my him. favorite scenes. Yeah. yeah. It's 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 like on par. It's it's a little it doesn't have the the heart of it, but it's like on par with the Batman ace scene at the mm-hmm. end yeah. of yeah, an epilogue. Bring that up. Yeah, and that's I don't think that's any I don't think that the CW version has gone into that yet. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that the CW version, like Chris and I talk about this all the fucking time. I want to see an episode of just a superhero show. They none of them have ever done this. Ever the cartoons probably have, but I want to see something like you see in the comic books, where it's just the slice of life. Yeah, where it's just Barry Allen going through his day and like he's using his powers sporadically here and there, like go get pizza for his friends or stop someone from uh, uh, absentmindedly walking into the street. Like those little things, or like Spider Man just swinging around town, just getting into scrapes, slap, stopping like like kind of what they do in the movie. Like that little thing of how the, the that fifteen minute montage of him just like saving people with bikes, giving directions to that woman. Yeah, like, oh, I yeah. want to see like I want to see something like that way more in superhero stuff. I want to see it a little bit more mundane and how these characters live their day to day. And I think the Bruce Tim um, universe got closer to that, much more closer than um, uh, the live action Grant Custom one has. Yeah, well, I think the the animated series has an advantage, which is that we spend the majority of our time with them in costume. Yeah, right? like I, literally, I think there's like only one section ever in the whole universe where like the Flash has his mask off, right? Yeah, I think it's like, probably that same it's, episode. It's the same episode, yeah. So like, so we can have those like those smaller moments because the most of the time they are being big and mm-hmm. super like super heroic. Whereas in the TV show, what he's in the costume a third of the time, maybe on the generous side of a, an individual episode. Yeah. But I agree with you entirely. Like those are some of like the moments we talk about the most often are those like cool little moments. Like yeah. I, I love the, uh, the Christmas episode of justice league. Yeah. Where they all kind of go off and do their own thing. You can see, like Superman is like still a little kid. Like mm-hmm. his parents have to wrap his presents in you know lead so he can't see through them. Like these fun <laughs> little things we don't get in this sort of stuff. And that's like like some of the worst episodes of the Flash have been from have been a villain of the week or an unneeded antagonist throwing off the charm and fun of a, a much simpler story happening on the side. Yeah, and just like like a lot of the. The second Earth 2 episode has Geomancer, the fucking worst wannabe Captain Cold guy. He's just like, I need the Flash. It's like, who the hell are you? Where are you? This is your first episode. Yeah. And you're talking you? like you're like his arch nemesis. And, um, and it's like the whole episode would have been just fine with the other stuff. They just expanded that out. We didn't need like this fight action stuff. Like, again, like action can be. Feats of strength, Spider-Man with the boat, Superman lifting the um, island. It's maybe not as exciting, but it can be just as visually dynamic. Yeah. And so, yeah, I want to see, see someone take a risk and have a boring episode of a superhero thing. Even, like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. That, like, why haven't we had just, like, a day in the life? Especially when it's a Joss Whedon show, technically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like, why don't we have any, like, a day, just an episode where just, like, nothing's going on. How do the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. get through their day? Yeah. Like, something like that. Yeah, I would love to see that too. I don't think we're going to see it in the shows. We're definitely not going to see it in the DCEU. Yeah, well, it's like we're not going to see it in Netflix because those are 10 episode, 13 episodes at most. They yeah. got to get their stories going. We're definitely not going to see it in the Defenders, where it's just go, go, go. But when you got a 22 episode season, and I could tell you right now, there are stinkers in every single season. <laughs> a lot of trying them get to get dragged out. Yeah. yeah, trying to extend the episode count. And yeah, like just take a chance to do something quieter. There yeah. was uh, some critic who made the comment that a show is only as good as its filler. Yeah. Um, 
That's, it was, yeah. It was, it was an article talking about Avatar, The Last Airbender. And I fully agree with that. And I think that's what you're asking for. Mm-hmm. It's just like a nice filler episode where we can just focus. Like, it doesn't even have to be focused on Barry. Like, we can have an episode about the supporting characters. Yeah. And just, you know, flesh them out more where it's not like a life or death situation. Yeah. I want to see Iris file a goddamn story. <laughs> yeah, <right? laughs> like, actually doing her job. Yeah. Yeah, we, we barely even get that in, in this. Like, we don't get actually a lot of Clark being a reporter yet. Mm-hmm. We might get some more down the line. I mean, that's, that's I've, I've complained about it enough, but that's my big problem with the with Lois, Lois yeah. is, is they don't do anything with her. Yeah. It, and they started off giving her such a strong... I, I made the analogy that she is the Bruce side of Batman because she's the one that has all, all the connections. She she can get into places because of being a being the reporter she is and she gets into Bruce Wayne oh yeah <laughs> uh, but spoiler alert if you haven't got, have you got guys gone to that Mm-mm. when is that, so that was done Soon. during it's uh, later on this season so i think we're so that was out for us so that was done as part of superman so or are we in a time where Superman the Animated Series and uh, BTOS are running because I mean I'm assuming we've jumped transitioned into the new designs of Batman yeah so we we finished out BTOS we started Superman did season one we're now in season two um very soon actually it's new kind Batman of hard for me to look up start like, too. actually okay. within I Bleed think in. the next maybe two if not next week I think the week after that is the first time we're gonna um, have a Batman episode with Superman episode mm. so the way we're doing that one is we're just gonna basically talk about them concurrently as they aired. What was it called when it moved to the CW? The New Batman or Adventures. WB, the New Batman Adventures. Batman Adventures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're 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 coming in on that cuz Holiday Nights is like the 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 triptych episode with like three different stories around Gotham around the holidays. Oh, nice. That's the first episode of the New Batman Adventures and that's going to be nice. coming up I, I, within the next few weeks, which is pretty nice. cool. So yeah, okay, so. so the Batman Superman movie is not the debut of those designs? No. Okay. Yeah, so we're going to we're going to have a Batman episode like we probably could have structured it in such a way that, like, we started with that as like no. a reintroduction. It's too much work. Yeah, <laughs> it's just you're 55 episodes in. You don't need to go back. Yeah, we no, get so, what the premise is at this point. Yeah, so <laughs> we'll get some Batman, and then pretty soon we're going to get Batman and Superman together, which is th- that is a great. Have you, you've seen that? Mm-mm. Oh my god, it's getting so I, good. I will be so good. I will be coming in blind until we start Beyond. Oh shit, that's right. Mm-hmm. Oh, I man. don't think so, I've watched much of the new Batman Adventures. I've that's I've seen all of that a lot. That was always my favorite iteration, hands down. Why well, didn't have the WB? Oh, okay. Growing yeah, up, that, that would it do it. Took yeah, I, it took forever for like I don't think I I got to watch Smallville until the CW. Okay, yeah, like oh, wow. watch it as it happened. That sounds like a lie. You because know, I remember the season four. Fin- How the fuck did I watch it? Because I remember the season four finale. It would have been it online. Had... It was way too early for that. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Um, I guess repeats or something. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, we did not have the WB in my hometown. Okay. We did not have the WB, and UPN was... Um, the East Parts Network? No, 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 it was... No, UPN, we'd get Do the primetime shows. Never heard of that, no. Yeah. Uh, the primetime shows on our Fox affiliate at midnight. Okay. Oh, my God. And so what's funny is my mom my mom was obsessed with Buffy. Yeah. And so the last two seasons of Buffy, it was on at midnight on Tuesdays. And so my mom would record it, but then, like, the last season, I think it was... It had to have been, like, senior year of high school. She's like, fuck it, you can stay up. Yeah, right. Just stay up. Yeah, just watch, watch it. it. So we yeah. watch it together at midnight on Tuesday nights. Oh my god. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. This was all like twenty years ago. This is yeah. like pre TiVo. Like that for me, Justice yeah. League was like you could start recording stuff right around that time and, and watch it later. But yeah, I watched a lot of the new Bad Adventures and Superman when it aired on Saturday mornings mm-hmm. and then 
when it all came out on DVD, I was like, I bought all that shit. So I yeah, no, I have. Uh, if I still have VHSs, I got um, World's Finest. I got the Batman Superman on VHS. Oh yeah, because it's edited own, out like, commercials yeah, and everything. Right? Yeah, <sighs> so good. I can't wait to get there. Uh, but we should probably wrap up. So what we always do is we we end the podcast with a, a bat plug or bat plugs, rather childishly named. Uh, things that you've been watching, reading, listening to. I don't know, something that you found recently was cool that you thought you might want to share. Um. If you don't have one on top of your head, we can start with Cameron. He probably has mm-hmm. something. I have a few things. Okay, good. Yeah, start with Cameron. Uh, okay, I we we've brought it up a few times uh, at the beginning of the podcast of um, how this get made. Uh, Jason Manzukis is now on a new Netflix animated show called Big Mouth. I don't know if you've <gasps> heard of it. Is it good? This. I saw the trailer it's, for it's it. It's very bizarre. Okay, it looks it's, fun. It's, uh, so it's Nick Kroll created the show. And it's it's like a raunchier Kroll show because he brings two of his Kroll show characters into okay into this show. So who are the uh, Liz from Publicity? <laughs> uh, she's in it. Is it both? Is, Jen, is Jenny Slater? Is it both? Uh, no, Jenny Slater is replaced with uh, Natasha Leggero. Mm. Uh, she does good though. All right, uh, she's like the popular girl. Yeah, and then Liz is is the one trying to be friends with her and like sacrificing okay. all of her morals to be friends with her. Um. And then the gym coach is the is the uh, basketball ref, and he oh my god I love it so much. So is this like a pseudo prequel to Kroll Show? No, then? no, because it's not like bits. It's well, yeah, yeah. But in uh, terms of these characters, because obviously Liz, this is like when she's in high school, versus mm-hmm. like running publicity. Uh, I mean, it it could be seen as that, but it, it's like they're both very much side yeah, characters. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's all about the kind of weird puberty world. Um, and it, um, they, there's like the puberty monster. So there's the male puberty monster yeah. and the female puberty monster. And it's, it's amazing. so like, it's so raunchy. There was a Colbert interview with Nick Kroll uh, where they like tried to show a snippet of the show and they had to bleep out like two thirds <laughs> of the dialogue. And that wasn't even like a bad scene in comparison. I'm like, oh, that you could still kind of get the context. Yeah. Um, and watching that scene in the context of that episode, it's just like that was such a tame moment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll plug that. And then um, I watched Battle of the Sexes the other day. How was it? It was good. It wasn't the story I expected. Okay. Um, so Is the trailer misleading? A little bit. So, like, it does go into the big... Um, the big the the, battle. Yeah, the big tennis match yeah. between Steve Carell and Emma Stone. But that's kind of the B story. The main story is uh, Emma Stone's character, like, trying to figure out um, kind of, like, her love life. So she... Uh, they, they go into this at the end of the movie, but uh, she falls in love with her hairdresser at the beginning of the movie. She's already married to another guy. Uh, so it's her trying to like. Oh, so this is like her coming out story. Yeah, okay. it, I, I'm curious how the LGBT community is going to take this movie because uh, it is very interesting to see that side of it, especially mm-hmm. in the '70s. Yeah, hmm. where like just a woman trying to get paid equal to a man was something to laugh about. Yeah, pushing that story along with a lesbian story is is, is very interesting. Yeah, and I imagine I mean it's it's a it's a weird combination because as much as I imagine there's uh liberties taken with the story, it's also like this is Billy Jean King's life. Like mm-hmm. these are based on real people. Yeah. Uh but Steve Carell is amazing. 
he he's so good in this role. Emma Stone is too, but he's like he. I mean, it's it's the comedy, yeah. and he's he's still great and funny. He's like a horrible gambling problem. There's a scene with him and his kid, and his kid like holds up the pepper shaker or like the pepper dispenser. He's like, "How many like pepper balls do you think are in here?" So you think a thousand? He's like, "I'll, I'll give you a dollar for the thousand." <laughs> Yeah, I do want to check that out. I want you mm-hmm. both those things out, actually. Yeah, I, I I recommend them. They're both on my. You should maybe check them out if you want to list. This <laughs> <laughs> is so non-committal. Like, hey, have you got a second? If you think you might enjoy them, sure. I guess you can go watch them. Yeah, that's what we renamed this segment. Uh, Chris, do you have anything to plug? Yeah, I, I finally had some free time, so I actually have a long list. I'm just gonna keep it kind of short. You though. you had free time in Hawaii. I did. I had some free time in Hawaii to uh, sit down in a chaise lounge with my James Bond era romper. Oh wow! And, I'm I'm, and, I'm I'm so glad you were able to take some time out of your busy schedule to go to Hawaii I, I am and busy. read. I'm busy. I know. But uh, I did read Superman for All Seasons. It was uh, recommended to us by one of our listeners, actually. Nice. And so I bought it. I took it with me. And it is really good. I mean, because obviously Jeff Loeb, Tim Sale do such amazing work yeah. with Long Halloween, Dark Victory. Um, yeah. And this was just, it's a great story that shows Superman at his heart. Like, you get to understand why he does what he does. And it's got it's a nice balance because, like, yeah. half of it's basically set in Smallville. Mm-hmm. And to kind of take him out of the city and put him in that context. And it, it like you were saying, it does a great job, too, showing how... Lex actually is a great villain for him in the right context. Yeah, I also just like the Tim Sale Frank Quietly design of Superman, mm-hmm. where he's just like a brick house. He's huge. Like, like he's like, just all torso. Yeah, like as a teenager, people are like, oh, Clark, man, look at you. Like, yeah, like he feels uncomfortable because, like, even though he's, he knows he's an he's alienated, obviously by being an alien, but mm-hmm. like even just his size alone, no matter what he does, he will always stand out. Yeah. Um, which then gives you an idea of kind of why he goes for the Clark Kent persona to try yeah. and go kind of meek and small. And mm-hmm. I feel like that that wasn't really quite as emphasized much in this. Oh, yeah. Grant Morrison is, like, obsessed with the duality of it. So, yeah, yeah. He, he always puts it front and foremost. Um, but, yeah, like, Jeff, I love uh, Jeff Loeb's take on him. Yeah, because there's, there's a moment in this, like, there is in so many versions of Superman 2 where, like, Lois sits there. She's like, well, quick, Superman's gone. Clark left, too. And she thinks about it. She's like, no, that's such a ridiculous idea. Yeah. Like, it should be kind of obvious, but, I mean... I still think Christopher Reeve is probably the, the best example of someone who really just you they feel like completely different characters and they bring yeah. it in there. And that's what like that's what sucks about Brandon Routh is he gets that too. Brandon he does. Routh, yeah. Brandon Routh was the first person I ever heard to describe Superman not as two characters but as three. Oh, okay, yeah. And so yeah, so it's Clark Kent, mm-hmm. what we just talked about, the performance, Superman, the public image, yeah. and then there's Kal-El. Yeah. who is basically who Clark is to like Ma Kent. Yeah. Like the people who know who he is um, and just when he's able to be comfortable, just be himself. Yeah. So that's, he's like, I really respected Brandon Routh's like a take. Like, I, I realized, like, he understands the character a lot um, in that comment alone. Yeah. But just, yeah, but he's, I thought he did a really good job. But again, he's beholden to Christopher Reeve. Yeah. Same way so, Brian Singer was beholden to. Yeah. So there's an element of him impersonation going on there even though yeah. he does a really good job with it mm-hmm. yeah so that was one of the things that i read and then uh, i also finished a book called sovereign by april daniel so i mentioned it's part of the nemesis trilogy i mentioned the first one a while back called dreadnought but it's a uh, a, a trans girl who basically becomes a superman-esque figure and oh, so nice. when she gains the power she becomes Ido's version of herself so like a, a full woman and she has all the powers so it's oh, her cool. her kind of going up against this larger existing superhero world um and the first one was kind of much more about the trans identity. This one's much more about her like becoming a full fledged hero. But like 
the the writer does an amazing job of like building a really interesting fleshed out world mm-hmm. and actually addresses how all these powers exist and why magic can exist with hyper technology and superpowers sort of stuff like great world building really good book so I'll check that out yeah it's worth reading yeah how about you Trevor what do you got um well what do I want to plug um we were talking about this earlier uh Batman Metal that's been pretty mm, yes. sweet that's uh two issues in and now they're in like one shot territory so they've um basically launched out the, like the first shot of the story and now they're doing like the the one shots to just sort of get you up to speed and then it'll continue on but Scott Snyder Greg uh Capullo um just continuing on the awesome work that they did with Batman and the New 52 which ba- like I've finally went to the library and like got all the trades and like sat down and like yeah. within a week went through the nine trades that I think their run consists of. Okay. I stopped when, uh, just before the Jim Gordon stuff. Okay. Yeah. It's because I, I don't think it was completed by the time it was, um, by the time I was going through the trades. Mm-hmm. So I need to go back and finish that. But yeah, it's phenomenal. It's, okay. it's really, it's really interesting. It's just like Scott Snyder, um, one of the guys who, um, who works next door, Adam, he's like worked with, um, Snyder. Oh shit! He was like his TA for a sec, okay. or something like that. Like they, um, they went to the same school, mm-hmm. um, same college, and he's like saying, "I." He's like said he was there for like the pitch, and he's like, "If it goes like even close to what he was saying, this is gonna be nuts." Oh my god! And so, so it's like, awesome. yeah. So you have like all these various Bruce Waynes from the multiverse, and it's all these bad versions of Bruce Wayne just deciding. They've been like slowly. Scott Snyder's whole storyline has been like preparing batman for this story mm-hmm. um and so it's just crazy um but also um spider-man 2 is freaking phenomenal it's um the did you read uh the uh spider-men no it's first meeting of miles morales and peter parker okay it's the real like first big connective tissue between the ultimate universe and the regular marvel universe okay which is now not a thing anymore yeah um, but it's been really, really cool. They just, the whole thing is dealing with, um, because the original Spider-Man ends with Peter going back to his original universe, Miles Morales getting the blessing of Peter Parker, um, cause he can't cause he's dead in his yeah. world. Um, but so they, um, uh, they part ways and, uh, Peter Parker goes back to his world, l- decides to look up if there's a Miles Morales in his world and it ends with a, oh my God. And then just, that's it. Mm-hmm. Storylines drop, Secret Wars happens, um, and the universes are combined. And then now they're finally getting back into it. And they establish that uh, regular universe Miles Morales was a piece of shit. Um, he's oh. like a, he's he's a villain. He and they uh, it's five or six issues is going to be the miniseries. Um, and this past issue was like all of his storyline, and he's like connected to the Kingpin. Okay, oh, interesting. Um, which is really, like, yeah, it's been really cool. I was talking about it, again, with uh, Adam next door at Meltdown, that Ultimate Spider-Man, like, Green Goblin or, or Dr. Octopus is Peter Parker's nemesis, but for whatever reason, both Peter Parker and Miles Morales have dealt with Kingpin. Hmm. Like, he's sort of like the ultimate Spider-Man's villain. Okay. And so, yeah, it's really interesting to see Bendis bring back Kingpin, especially because he killed him off in the Ultimate Universe a while back, to get to go back into that character it's been really, really good. Oh, cool! So that and it's uh, Sarah Pacelli, who was the original artist who mm-hmm. created Miles Morales. She's back; like she's been bouncing around books. But whenever she's on a Spider-Man book with Miles and Bendis, it's phenomenal. So it's called Spider-Man Two, like T O O. No, uh, Spi- like the Spider-Man. number two. Spider-Men, plural oh, of Spider-Man. Okay. okay and yeah. then this is the second one of it. The first one is f- 
phenomenal. This one, I'll, I'll, I'll be the first to admit, is not living up to the hype. Okay. Just because it's such a different context. And it's just, it, it's, the first story was just so good. Like, issue four, to tie it back to the wanting to see stuff, just the slice of life stuff, issue four is just Miles Morales and Peter Parker and Ultimate Gwen Stacy talking about the differences between their worlds of the original series. It's That's just, pretty awesome. It's phenomenal. Yeah. And just to see Peter Parker just like getting to have a warm interactions with Gwen Stacy. Like this is high school Gwen Stacy and Peter's like his perpetual mid-20s. Yeah. And so just getting a chance to see him like getting to talk with Gwen Stacy again and get, be back into that that world get to talk to get to talk to an Aunt May who knows he's Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Um which is one of the again always bugs me that Aunt May doesn't know. Yeah. Well, hey, now she does. At least oh, in, the, in, the, in the movies. Homecoming! So. Best last line of an, any Marvel movie. Oh, I know. <laughs> Bar none. Cannot wait. What the f- I yeah. know. I just watched it again. Uh, I, it's oh, phenomenal. Yeah? Is it out on... Mm-hmm. It's, it's at least on digital oh, download. Okay. Oh, I gotta go watch it again. Yeah, I listened to it one time. So, And I think probably the next time we'll, we'll see you again, at least podcast-wise, will be for Thor. Thor. Oh. Thor November. And then uh, eventually, later on November, we'll get a chance to talk about the new version of The Flash and whether he's any good or not. So... <laughs> We shall see. But until then, Trevor, thank you so much for joining Thanks for us. Having me. Yeah. I wish I wish Chris could have been here. I know. We wish he could have been here too. But, but he's lost the speed for us. Yeah. I know. It was a noble sacrifice he made for us uh, to continue on to go do this podcast. So. I feel like he caused it. Okay. Well, like I, mm. he he the speed force was coming for him because of something he did. But okay. I think he passed it off to me as if it was a sacrifice. Okay. Okay. So it's like the speed force meets it follows. Yeah, I think this is definitely cosmic justice has come for Chris. Okay. But again, I wish he was here. Okay. Well, <laughs> an ignoble sacrifice. <laughs> yeah. Said. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Trevor, where can we find you and the podcast on the social meteors? I am at Trevor Copter on my social media. So like Trevor and a helicopter. Um, and then we are at PO2W underscore Flash on Twitter. And then you can find us iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you listen to your podcast. You can find us as well. We are the podcast of two worlds i think on itunes our full title is podcast of two worlds dash all about the flash <laughs> i think that's just so you don't that's get that confused right. with yeah. the other <laughs> yeah podcast of two worlds well it's just like because i was like well we're, it's probably we're, like some star when trek i first thing. started it when i yeah when i first started it i'm like well you know like it's people aren't gonna necessarily assume it's about the flash so let's put flash in the title yeah and now it's just like chris and i are kind of transitioning because you know the cw verse Days are numbered. Yeah. Not to say that it's in any dire straits. And the fact that Smallville went for 10 and Supernatural seems to be going for 50 seasons. Oh, my God. So the CW CW is in the market for keeping genre shows alive forever and ever and ever. But we're we're starting to transition into uh, expanding out of just covering The Flash. Okay. We're not going to jump into your guys' territory. We don't want to encroach. Oh, you better fucking not. Um, Except when we deal with the Zeta Project. Oh yeah, right. we're doing a whole mini series, which is why I was trying to get you guys to do it in one. Yeah, we're just gonna episode by episode in depth every. You like, bastard! <laughs> I'm glad Chris has lost the speed force now. <laughs> Isn't right. there one other? There's there wasn't there one other shitty one that I'm not thinking of. There, one more? S- no, the the Zeta's the forgotten DC mm-hmm. yeah. show. There and then Static is sort of forgotten just because. It was so tangentially a part of it. Like, it's, yeah. it's very fondly remembered, but it's it was also... Because it was on... That one was on UPN, right? It wasn't on... No, that uh, was on, it, it was on, on WB. WB. Was it? Yeah, it's, okay. it transitioned to Cartoon Network for a few new episodes. Yes. Okay. I, yeah, I feel like... that was when... Um, I think the reason Zeta Project is lost is they were 
three other shows in a similar style that all like none of them last very long. You had what? Generator Rex come yeah. very shortly after. You had Symbiotic Man, yeah, uh, Symbiotic Titan. Sorry, come like two years after that. Well, and didn't and ben, ben Ten? Yeah, Ben Ten debuted around the same time. Mm-hmm. I remember. I remember seeing Zeta and Ben Ten in like imaging. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, there was so much of that style, and Ben Ten was the only one that really took off. Yeah. If Justice League and JLU didn't bring Static back in towards the end, I think it might have been more forgotten. Yeah. But that was a nice reminder of like, hey, don't forget, like, this was still part of our universe. Although I so. wish. Don't forget, I, Shaq, Shaq exists in this universe. Oh my God, I cannot wait. How many episodes is he in? He's in like five I episodes. I want to say like four. Isn't he? Yeah, oh my there's, God. Because there's three independent ones, and there's the one with all of the other NBA players. Oh my God. Well, thank God we have Shane to come in and explain all things sports oh related God. for that. <laughs> it's Steve Nash. That's all I care about. He was the only basketball player I knew growing up. <laughs> wait, oh, because he. Wait, why do you know him? He was on the Mavericks for a few years. Oh, okay. I know him because he went to Santa Clara University. Mm. He was like one of our few famous alma maters. Or not alma maters, alumni. Whatever the fuck you want to call it. Yeah. So, uh, Cameron, where can we find you? We can see uh, all your Disney adventures. Uh, you can find my Disney adventures at Cam Dexter underscore adventure. Right? Something like that. You, you should know. <laughs> it's your own fucking yeah, Come on. Uh, I think that's I think right. I think it's right? at Cameron. <laughs> yeah, Cam, Cam Dexter underscore adventures. Yeah, yeah I was right. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You're making me question my life. And you, if you want to see my art, it's uh, <laughs> at Cameron.Dexter. And uh, I'm at Lorda for all those same things. And, of course, the podcast itself is at Tim Talk Pod on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. So, uh, Trevor, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. I'll see you Cameron, guys at the I guess I'm glad you were here. Yeah, I'll see you in a few days. I know. <laughs> all right. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Thanks, guys. Hey! Do you like teen dramas? Do you like teens? Do you like watching TV shows? If you do, you might like watching The O.C. So give it a try, and you can listen to us in podcast form on The Bro C. We talk about flip phones. We talk about tube tops. We talk about things from the early 2000s. We talk about people smooching other people. Ooh, and great, great music. Yep. So hey, listen to us on iTunes or SoundCloud here on the Nerdist School Network. Woo. The Nerdist School Network. For class and show information, visit nerdistschool.com.